This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. The controversy continues and it's morphing from a matter of workers' rights into a political issue. First, the Premier weighed in against Tim Horton's franchise owners who announced they're cutting back on benefits and eliminating paid breaks in response to the increase in minimum wage. She called them bullies. The company's head office also slammed the franchise owners who made this move, though it's worth noting that head office is not authorizing a price increase, which is how some other businesses are offsetting their increase in costs. Uh, Now, The Labour Minister is stepping in. He called a news conference to give out contact information for people who think employers are breaking the law. He cited a case in Scarborough of a restaurant allegedly telling workers to put their tips back in the till. That would be illegal. And he talked about people breaking the spirit of the law, and presumably that he he is referring to those who are cutting back on the paid benefits. So what's next? Do these workers have any recourse? And also another question, will this give Kathleen Wynne a boost in popularity? Uh, We want to hear from you, of course, especially if you or someone you know uh, is affected by this, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And joining me right now is Jerry Dias, who is the president of Unifor, which is Canada's largest public sector union. Hello, Jerry. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm keeping well, thank you. So, um, some very interesting developments here. Now, first of all, uh, if a, 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 a business does what some of these franchise owners have done, and said, okay, I'm cutting back on the paid benefits while paying you the increased minimum wage, is there any recourse that a worker can have? Well, either they were going to accept a change in conditions or they were going to leave and collect severance. Uh, in essence, when an employer in a non-union environment changes the conditions, it's called a constructive dismissal. But clearly, workers now are going to start to take a look at collective action, which is unionization. I mean, if I take a look at this whole Tim Hortons fiasco, where the heirs to the Tim Hortons fortune are reducing benefits, reducing breaks uh, for, their, for their employees, I mean, it really is a classic story of the needy and the greedy. Uh, Here you have their employees that are needy, and they are clearly greedy. So, uh, you know, people are not going to take this sitting down. Uh, Increasing the minimum wage to $14 an hour and ultimately to $15 an hour, that impacts 23% of working people in Ontario. That is huge. That's going to have a major impact on their personal lives, but also they're they're not exactly going to be buying stocks or saving their money. They're going to spend it. So that's going to be billions and billions of dollars poured into the economy. So 
You know, I think people are just going to have to find a way to deal with it. Uh, it's good for the economy, I will argue. And, and like I said, when people like the Tim Horton hears start making those type of ridiculous, taking those type of ridiculous actions, then people are going to have something to say about it. Let's bring in uh, Ben Atkins of the Upstream Strategy Group. Hi, Ben. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, so, uh, you know, in in terms of the politics of it, uh, you know, uh, Kathleen Wynne's popularity was at an all-time low. But uh, first of all, increasing the minimum wage seems to be popular. And then taking on these franchise owners seems to be, uh, I don't know, she seems to be getting kind of a positive headwind from this. And, and just a few minutes ago, her labor minister kind of doubled down on it. Absolutely. No, it's a very smart move. Uh, everyone knows that Kathleen Wynne has a tough re-election ahead of her. She's down the polls. Uh, I think the most recent forum research poll last month had them at third. Uh, and so for the second election in the row, it's clear that she's going to be going after voters that would traditionally be more inclined to vote NDP. You know, she's good at presenting herself in contrast with what I think are easy targets. Uh, Harper in 2015, uh, sorry, in 2014 of her pension plans uh, against obviously billionaires and, and the heirs to the Tim Hortons franchise now. So it's, it's a smart move politically. Okay. Uh, Jerry, I, I know this this was really optically, I'd say, very bad when you had uh, the the heirs of, you know, the, the billionaire founders of Tim Hortons, the first ones who were so-called caught. But but there is a real issue for small business owners, kind of the, the mom and pop shop, who are suddenly facing a very large increase in their costs. What do you say to them? Well, you know, it may very well negatively impact some small uh, mom-and-pop shops, just to use your terminology. But overall, I mean, you're not going to pass legislation for the minority. It really is going to be for the minor, uh, for the majority. And look, it doesn't matter what minimum wage is raised to. People and the same people will always argue when it was raised to nine dollars, ten dollars, ten fifty, eleven. It doesn't matter what it's raised to. The same group will always line up, some of the small business groups, and say, oh, this is going to be Armageddon. This is going to be the financial downfall of the province. But it hasn't happened. If, if you, I think the best example is really to take a look at Seattle, which really introduced a $15 an hour minimum wage years ago. And all of the facts, figures, all the studies show that the job loss um, was negligible at best. So this whole argument that somehow it's going to have a catastrophic effect on the uh, on the economy is it, just not correct. Well, the just, numbers and facts and figures show otherwise. The, just last week, uh, you know, I'm having a little brain clog here about where this number was from, but it was from a very official source. Uh, came out saying it's it's going to cost us sixty thousand jobs. Well, I have no idea where those numbers came from, but I will argue that giving twenty three percent, one point six million people more purchasing power. Uh, is going to pump a lot more money in the economy, which in itself is going to create more jobs. Not in fact, they'll probably even create more jobs at Tim Hortons because people will be able to afford to buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, uh, again, um, the, what what do you think the political fallout from this is going to be? Well, it's it's been quite positive for, for Premier Wynne so far. Um, it definitely fits her general campaign theme of fairness that's been present over the past few months. Um, you know, it's interesting to note that Patrick Brown's Ontario PC party has itself said they're not opposed to raising the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they agree, uh, what they disagree on is how it's being done, right? The, the, the pace of the rollout, things like that. I think there is a legitimate concern that uh, small business owners uh, and obviously the people who will be most affected by uh, 
you know, the, the, this tightening, uh, namely youth who are looking for jobs, will be disproportionately affected. Um, so there is that concern, but I think it's a bit early now to, to see what the long-term ramifications are. And so far, people people like Wynn's response. It's it's always popular to take on uh, billionaires. It's always popular to take on people who, who are seen to be privileged. Okay, uh, we're going to talk to uh, some uh, small business owners who are waiting to talk to us, and we definitely want to hear from them as well as uh, people who are affected. And uh, Ben, again, you know... It, the taking on the the billionaires i mean it works if there's someone to go against but as you mentioned you know there's there's no party who's really against this uh you know the the only thing the conservatives want is to slow the rollout of the last dollar uh Absolutely. so so does that kind of blunt the edge of this i i think if you're a small business owner, you're probably just given what's been happening over the past few years, you're probably not going to be inclined to vote liberal anyway, or at least that's probably what Premier Wynne is counting on with regards to her re-election strategy. So, yes, I, I you know, personally, I don't think it's necessarily the fairest uh, tack, but uh, for, for many people who, who might be considering between Andrea Horvath and Kathleen Wynne, this is, this is a signal, and it's, it's going to be a positive one for a lot of them. And Jerry, uh, you hinted, I mean, uh, I've heard people say that the best union organizers are, are employers if they, if they do things that really, really annoy people. So well, there's no question about do, it. So uh, do, the, you, uh, do you expect an increase in, in, in unionization drives? Well, certainly if other um, companies behave the way of the Tim Horton heirs, there's no question that the unionization rate is going to go up. Uh, we've been contacted by... Tim Horton workers since this is uh, since this has occurred. Um, so for us, we've been organizing a fair bit over the last four years. We've organized over twenty thousand new members into our union. I, I believe we're probably one of the only union that uh, unions that is really growing. But no question, when employers take these types of drastic steps. Uh, it will lead to more unionization. There's no question about it. And do you have more information? I mean, so we know there were s- six franchises in Durham. There's the two owned by the heirs uh, in Coburg. When I was on the air on Friday, I got a call from someone in St. Catharines who said, hey, uh, my daughter-in-law works at a Tim Hortons here in St. Catharines, and, and she's been notified that this was happening. Do you know of others? Um, no, I do not know of others. Uh, we have been contacted by Tim Hortons in, in Scarborough, and we're following it up. Um, but I can name specific other cities that uh, that have been negatively impacted. I'll, uh, one thing that I would like to raise as well is we have, uh, as members of Unifor, workers at Kentucky Fried Chicken, White Spot Restaurants, um, uh, the, the retail hospitality sectors, which have predominantly been low-paid. Uh, but our members at both uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and White Spot Restaurants make decent wages. And, and these are not employers that have gone out of business. Uh, these are employers that have continued to be stable. There's less turnover, frankly, with their employees. There's better job satisfaction. Uh, there's less money spent on training because you don't have this revolving door. So our employers have found it to be quite beneficial as it relates to keeping their employees. So there will be a trickle-up effect on this as well. When you increase minimum wage by $2.40 an hour, it won't only impact 1.6 million uh, Ontario residents, but the trickle-up effect will affect hundreds of thousands more. 
So this really is about pumping money into the economy, and I will argue this is about creating even more jobs. Okay, uh, I want to take a call from uh, Cosetta here in Toronto, uh, who is a, a small business owner, owns a hair salon. Hello, Cosetta. Hi there. You're on the air. We're listening. Okay, hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, thanks. So I was listening a little bit, and um, I do own a small business, and I had a couple people on minimum wage. And I think it's great that uh, minimum wage has gone up because it's very hard to live in Toronto with minimum wage. Yeah. But what I'm uh, what I'm not happy with is every time there's an increase, the it barely goes to their paycheck. It mostly goes to the taxes. So why don't they do something about the taxes to lower in that bracket of people instead of like you know raising jumping this much high or. Um, well, have you have we have we seen a paycheck? Um, uh, how much goes to taxes? Are you sure about that? Um, we haven't. My pay goes tomorrow, then in uh, two weeks for the new year. Yeah. Usually, every time I give an increase to a staff, it mostly goes to the taxes that it's taken away, CPP and all the other stuff. And I think in that bracket, it should be lower because it's very hard to live in Toronto with a small minimum wage. And I know that because I started from nothing. Now I own my own business. So every time I give an increase, I wish I could give more, but I'm a small business. It always goes more to the taxes than it actually goes to the staff, to the person. And it always frustrates me. I'm like, hmm. it should be a, a lower uh, bracket tax, like the, the charges should be lower in that uh, taxes for the minimum wage people than it is for higher when people make more. So that's, uh, I think it's great that the, the minimum wage goes up. I don't think people will lose their job. And if they do in that small business, then it's good for them to go and find somewhere else because they're always going to be needed for staff, good staff, but um, they should work into their taxes, do not be taken so much away from them. Okay, Cosetta, thanks for that. Thanks. Uh, that's uh, an interesting take. I guess people are always complaining about taxes. Uh, and it's it's interesting, Jerry. This comes, I mean, the, the numbers that we had surprise, really big employment numbers just on Friday. The economy's going gangbuster and employment is, is as high as it's been. The unemployment rate is as low as it's been since they started measuring it. Yeah, and and this, I will argue, once again, is just going to pump more money into the economy. The economy is quite stable right now, and this is the time to do it. And on your whole, uh, on the whole questioning about the Kathleen Wynne, uh, the politics of this, there's no question this is a political home run. Um, people will take a look at Patrick Brown and say, listen, if I vote for Patrick Brown, when do I get my dollar? And you're looking at 1.6 million people who are impacted. That is a lot of voters. A lot of families who are impacted. So people aren't going to buy the argument that, you know, staging it is going to be better in the long run, especially when we find from now to the run-up of the election that the $14 an hour impact on jobs will be negligible at best. So that, I think, is going to be a political home run for Kathleen, no question. Uh, it taps into some of the a typical political base for the NDP. Uh, you're going to find that as you're dealing with poverty issue, wages, jobs, uh, I think you're going to find a lot of their platforms are the same. Uh, so there will be clearly, uh, people are going to be making some decisions at the ballot box. And, and my, my guess is people are going to go to the ballot box and vote strategically and say, do I want Patrick Brown or not? And if uh, they don't want Patrick Brown, then they're going to de- vote for who they believe is in an individual right who's best to defeat a conservative. And uh, Ben, if you were advising Patrick Brown, what would you tell him to do about this? 
Well, uh, I think it would be a good idea not to get on the wrong side of this issue. Uh, Premier Wynne is very, very astute at uh, making sure that she is seen as a champion of the underprivileged. Uh, I think the PCs, uh, their, their election manifesto was very strong on this issue. Um, it's certainly not a traditional, uh, what one would say a stereotypical PC platform is. Um, and so I think Patrick Brown is definitely trying to appeal more to uh, centrist voters, voters who might want a pragmatic government, um, you know, voters who might be socially liberal, but a bit more fiscally uh, conservative. Uh, it, it might not be necessarily in his best interest to actively uh, pick a fight with Kathleen Wynne over this issue, especially when Restaurant Brands International itself has uh, publicly denounced um, the franchise owners in uh, Coburg for for their moves. Well, it, that's interesting too because they've the, the the headquarters, the parent company, which is owned by Brazilians. Uh, has slagged uh, the the uh, franchise owners who did this, but you know they're the ones who control the price. So there are a lot of people out there who say, "Fine, I'm happy to pay another twenty cents for my coffee to cover this." But but Tim Hortons won't let franchise owners do that, and I'm very curious. Uh, so, for instance, are they still pressuring franchise owners to make certain numbers? I think that's a huge problem, actually. I mean, if, if they should probably allow their franchise owners to raise prices if they're going to prevent them from making cost-saving measures. Otherwise, you know, not every small business has huge profit margins, right? And people who are getting hurt by this, um, they, they're going to try to find a way to, to offload those extra costs. And uh, I do understand why why people might want to pass those costs on to their employees if they're not allowed to raise their own prices. Well, ex- exactly. Let's uh, take a couple of calls uh, we've got William in Toronto. Hello, William. Hi. Um, there's a lot more that uh, needs to be talked about, uh, about here because uh, the uh, billionaire franchise owners have, uh, and others have an $800 million lawsuit against the RBI, the Brazilian owner. Right. Uh, the Brazilian owners of Tim Hortons, because they're raising the prices of the inventory that uh, the, the franchisees have to buy, uh, and they've been raising it uh, to, to levels that's uh, uh, unprofitable for them and not for the consumer. And I don't think there's any more room to raise the prices uh, for, for Tim Hortons, even even if the even if RBI did. Uh, uh, raise uh, those prices, and therefore Tim Hortons is uh, in a bind, and uh, uh, generally speaking now, and uh, they have to cut wherever they have to cut because uh, of uh, RBI, their Brazilian owners, that stands for Rogue Brand International. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I've heard, uh, frankly... And, uh, that's, uh, that's a big problem right there with Tim Hortons. Otherwise, I don't think there would be a, a problem. And I think the unions have to stay out of this. Uh, unions are very important because uh, employers treated uh, uh, people badly previously, uh, and um, now there has to be a balance because unions are starting to treat uh, businesses badly. And um, uh, there's no balance here now because we got 35,000 Tim Hortons across Canada, and that's a lot of jobs uh, that are required. And as uh, far as uh, 
I'm not going to Tim Hortons anymore until this thing gets cleared up. I don't like the new owners for being, I've been complaining about it for two years, and I'm glad it's come to the forefront. Okay, William, thanks very much for that. I'm going to let uh, Jerry respond, and it's very interesting. I've I've heard a lot of criticism of that company, Restaurant Brands International, and uh, Jerry, is it possible that this is basically just a situation where uh, workers are unfortunately caught in the middle of a big dispute between a new owner and franchise owners? Um, there's no question they're caught in the middle of this. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I, I want to go back to the whole argument about unions being too strong and somehow we're treating business badly. I mean, facts are, as we're an organization with over 315,000 members. We have over 3,000 collective agreements, and right now we have two disputes going on. So this is hardly a situation where the where the labor movement is is taking its uh, liberties with uh, with the with the business community. As a matter of fact, in most circumstances, we have a, a very decent relationship. But working class people today aren't taking it anymore. Young people today are sick and tired of the fact that they're the generation that is that is worse off than any other ones. I think about it. My my father had better opportunities than my grandfather. I had better opportunities than my parents. Um, but do my ch- are my children going to have better opportunities than me? And the answer is no. And I think young people today are really grappling with the fact that jobs today that are being created are all part-time, precarious, non-standard, minimum wage jobs. A lot of employers... You know what? That's are- not what the latest statistics show. The latest statistics showed that the unemployment rate was at its lowest level in at least right. 40 years, and those were good jobs. Uh, there's no question. There are jobs are, are there are better jobs being created, but if you look overall, the majority of jobs that are still being created are part-time, precarious, non-standard. Um, it's not as if somehow there's been a wholesale shift from part-time jobs to full-time jobs, and and still it's clear uh, that employers prefer part-time so that they can avoid paying benefits. That's why there's so much frustration out there. There's a lot of people out there, working class people, that have two, three jobs just to make ends meet. Uh, is Is unemployment going down? The answer is yes. But are we seeing a huge spike in full time, well paying jobs? The answer, I will argue, is no. Okay, let's hear from Bob in Etobicoke. Hello, Bob. Hello, how are you? Fine, how are you? Yeah, I see a couple of um, problems with this, and I have a funny idea of why they did this at such a rapid rate. Um, Virtually what we're doing is, as far as employees go, everybody's going to get a 22% raise. That's the way it is, because the lowers are getting 11, now they're getting 14, and the guy who's getting 15, now he's going to get 17, and the guy getting 300,000 is going to get 300. Well, I don't know about the guy getting 300,000. I believe this. The government is in such dire states for money, well, that tax rate will stay the same, but if you're getting 22% more, not only is your taxes go up 22%, it puts you in another higher tax bracket. Well, I don't know if it's, it's a one-to-one relationship, but yes, well, the, government, the government will get more tax money for sure. That's right. But the people who are going to suffer for this, really suffer for those, those who are on fixed income, like I'm on a pension. My mm-hmm. pension is not indexed. It does not go up. Okay, my yeah, Canada for sure. pension plan goes up slightly, but is it going to go up 22%? Not likely. So I think that was the plan behind this. They expect everybody to put their prices up. 
and the prices go up, more tax money comes in. And I think that's what the problem's going to be. So the ones who are really going to get hurt are pensioners or people on fixed incomes that um, cannot increase their, their income because they're out of the workforce. But the workforce is going to get more. The people making $5 million a year will be making $6 million a year. I, I, don't, I, I don't know about that, but I do agree that well, uh, the, people, the okay. people at the lower end. Bob, thanks for your call. No We're problem. going to try and fit in uh, Jim and Pickering. Hi, Jim. Hi, good morning, Libby. Good discussion. I've been listening to uh, this situation, and uh, I'm not uh, anti-union or anti-business people, small business, right? But there was there was one word, uh, you, one of your uh, phrase that one of your guests used a couple of times, and he says it's going to pump more money into the economy. Well, that money has to be pumped from somewhere, right, Libby? And there's an expression that is, uh, and I'm just trying to be constructive, but, you know, too many trips to the well, the well run, runs dry. It may not be disastrous for business or, or, you know, catastrophic, you use that word as well. But you know what? It's significant, and it's just too sudden, Libby, and that's my opinion. Okay, well, a lot of people share your opinion, Jim. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Okay, uh, we're running out of time on this segment. Uh, Ben Atkins, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, I just want to say, you know, Kathleen Wynne, with this election coming up, is going to be going on the offense a lot more. She's going to be, and this is just evidence of that strategy, she's going to be tying the PCs to the Mike Harris years. She's going to be portraying herself as a champion of the underprivileged. And uh, I think the PCs, and to a lesser extent the NDP, are in danger of falling for that trap, uh, simply because Andrew Horvath and Patrick Brown, they're not getting the same press that Kathleen Lynn does when she picks fights with small business owners. So that, look out for that in the coming months. Okay. Uh, good point. Thank you for that. And Jerry Dias, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I, I think it takes real political gr- uh, courage for the government to do this. Uh, they knew that they would have a, uh, um, a groundswell from small businesses. They knew that people would be very critical. But I think it made the decision based on it being the right thing to do. When you're increasing the standard of living for 1.6 million Ontarians, um, then that is significant. So it takes a lot of political courage, and I applaud their move. Okay. Jerry Dias and Ben Atkins, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you thank very you. much. Bye-bye. Okay, people, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about another big company and what they're doing. And that company is Loblaw. And this is the first day you can register for that 25 buck gift card to offset the price fixing on bread that they have admitted to. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that with a lawyer who is launching one of the class action lawsuits on that. Uh, before we go to break, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, another controversial issue, and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.